You are listening to Open Little Doors, episode 29, How to Prepare for Outdoor Winter Play. Welcome to Open Little Doors, where we share ideas on using play, storytelling, and imagination to help you motivate, guide, and connect with your child. I am Julie Janice, one of the founders of Open Little Doors, and your host for our podcast today. Hey everyone, we hope you had another great week. Today, we are going to do a little bit of a different structure of the podcast, and we're going to talk about playing outside in the cold, because I'm sure that most of our listeners are either experiencing snow right now or just cold weather in general. Um, So we're going to talk about how your children can still play outside in the cold, even though, and then some tips on how to do that effectively and comfortably. Okay, so... The different structure we're going to do is instead of me asking the questions, Meryl's going to ask the questions since I've got a lot of experience in nature play and then Mindy has a lot of experience as well with preparing and helping parents with uh, getting kids ready to play out in the cold. So Meryl's going to ask us the questions and we'll do our best to answer. So take it away, Meryl. All right. This is really easy for me to ask the questions because I have a lot of questions. Since I've gotten to talk and work more with Julie, I've become a bigger believer in playing outside, but I hate the cold. (laughs) So this is really, this is a podcast answer my questions and hopefully they answer your questions too. So to start with, why is it so important to play outside even when it's cold? Well, I mean, any type of weather condition offers opportunities for play. So in the cold, there's other opportunities to play. And um, you know, like you notice, like during the summer and spring months, there's the I mean the nature is changing into different from what it is in the fall and the winter. So that alone provides different opportunities. And if you're in an area where it snows, then the snow can be a lot of fun and there's lots of opportunities for play in that as well. So, and then with all of these different conditions, it provides opportunities for problem solving and exploration with the different surfaces, if they may be slippery from the rain or the ice or even places with the snow there and just the things that you find in nature in the cold um, provides opportunities for that. Um, and then there's also um, science behind being out in the cold. It helps boost immune systems. So it's true that when we're outside a lot, we'll get sick during the autumn and the winter months. But when children are inside all the time where germs are circulated, they are more susceptible to viruses. So when you're taking children outside into the fresh, chilly air, Um, It can help them develop the ability to fight off these illnesses and it will in turn boost immune systems. And then also it's just good being out in the sun, vitamin D. I mean, we hear about the winter blues and it's because we're on side all the time, not getting that vitamin D exposure. And that's basically what helps us have uh, better mental and emotional moods. So that alone, just like even just 15 minutes outside in the sun even if it's cold, can make a big difference. There's a quote that I absolutely love, and it's, children cannot bounce off the walls if we take away the walls. And that's by Erin Kenny. And it's so true that, you know, sometimes when our kids are just being crazy, 
They just need to go outside. And I know later on, we'll talk about some ideas of what we can do. But one of the reasons that they need to go outside is they just need a change. Mm -hmm. They really do. Yeah, it's true. Even though I really don't like the cold, when I just go through the effort to get outside with my kids, they feel better, but I feel better too. Like mm-hmm. I feel just more even and um, like it was worth the effort. So that's really true. And um, lots of times things that are worth the effort, I mean, things are worth the effort, but initially it just seems like this huge mountain to climb and you're like, I just can't deal with this. But if you'll force yourself to do it, you're like, I am so glad we went outside. It was so worth it. And something that could help you be able to enjoy the cold more is just being dressed appropriately. And we say that with our children. If our children are dressed appropriately, they honestly, children don't really notice weather as much as adults do. So again, when they're dressed appropriately, they are able to have more fun and not notice the cold as much. And if we take the time to play with them as well, and if we're dressed appropriately, we can have um, a more fun time as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, now, now that we've been in Germany for about six months, I had a, a friend say, well, there's a common German saying that there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. And I thought, hmm, I've lived in many different places. And in every place I've ever lived, everyone has told me that. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's a universal thing that good clothing makes a big difference. So what are some tips on finding good quality, affordable clothing for for yourself and for your children for being outside in the cold? Well, one thing that's really important to think about is the layers of clothing, because when you're going to go outside in the cold, you need to think about layers. And basically, you have three basic layers. You have a base layer, a middle layer, and then an outer layer. Now, your base layer is something that is You want it to be warm, but not too bulky. It's something like, you know, lots of people, you can use stretch pants and, um, you know, just a light long sleeve shirt or even jammies. Now, something, though, that's really important is you do not want to use cotton because cotton holds the moisture. Because when your kids are outside running or you're outside running, you will sweat a little bit. And if you've got cotton on, the cotton is going to hold the moisture and so you're going to feel that cold against your skin so you want to either use wool or your synthetic materials and you've got some great options and so you know if you don't have some you know like some stretch pants and and a light long sleeve shirt well I bet your kids have pajamas that would work and pajamas are great for a base layer just make sure that they're all um, either wool or man-made materials no cotton then your next layer, your middle layer is like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And that that really works because you also want to be careful about getting too bulky because if you get too bulky, then your kids can't move. And just because something is bulky doesn't mean that it's necessarily warmer. So you've got, first of all, your, your base layer um, that's just light and thin. And then you've got your next layer, which is a little heavier, something like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And then Your final layer is your coat layer. And that layer is what you want to use to be waterproof and to be windproof. Now, depending on how cold it is kind of depends on what you want to do. Because if you're in an area and let's say it's like 40 to 50 degrees, you may only over your base layer and your sweatshirt, you may only need a light windbreaker. 
and then just maybe light pull-on pants or you might not even need anything over the sweatpants. Now, if you're going to go out in the snow, you probably need snow pants and you need a, a warmer coat. But once again, it doesn't really need to be bulky. Even a thin winter jacket that is windproof and waterproof with your three layers on will provide you a lot of warmth. There's just something about those three layers that make a difference. Now, really the material that, I mean, obviously if you can go with wool, wool is usually more expensive and you can go with more expensive stuff, but where you really wanna put your money is in your hat and your gloves. Now, we also need to talk about boots and your shoes and what you're going to do, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Your gloves, you want liners too. You want a, a thin uh, actual glove with the fingers that's really light, a light knit or a silk glove or something that's close to the skin. And then over the top of that, you want a mitten that holds the fingers. Even better if you can flip the mitten back and then they can use their covered fingers and then put it back on. Um, with little children, you need to be aware of drawstrings. Julie knows. In fact, Julie should probably mention this. What's the kind of glove that has the tight singe on it that you recommend? They are called tiger palm mitts. Now, I will say there's no room, like there's no place for the fingers to go, but they stay on the hands very well. And they're very easy to take off and on. So you want to with, you know, in the snow with little kids, if you can get it cinched on tight, sometimes you may need to get like a hair elastic. Just make sure it's not so tight it's going to, cut off the the circulation but you could put a hair elastic up on the top part of the glove where it connects with with the arm to help hold it in tight and if you can get those two layers on the gloves that will really help your kids with to, to keep their hands warm so that kind of takes care of your gloves two layers a, a tight mitten that's thin made of once again made of synthetic material you don't want to have a cotton yarn mitten and then an hour of outer glove your hat you once again want to think of two layers. You may want to get one that, you know, just kind of has a face hole that you can pull on that covers the neck and tucks in. And then another one that goes over the top when it's really, really cold. When it's not really cold, you just may just a normal hat may be okay. And hats are actually really important because you can lose a lot of warmth through the top of your head. The next thing to think about is your boots. And depending on the type of activity you're going to be doing outside kind of depends what kind of boots or what kind of shoes you need. If it's just cold outside and there's no rain and no snow, you could wear a nice wool sock and your gym shoes and you would be just fine. If it's raining outside, you need a boot that's got a good amount of rubber. In fact, maybe just a rubber boot is good enough for you, depending on how big the puddles are and how much rain there is. But once again, this is where you might want to layer socks for comfort. You might want to put on a thin sock that pulls up above their ankle and then put on a warm wool sock over the top and then go into the rain boot, especially if it's cold. And that also applies to a snow boot. Now, snow boots obviously need to be cinched at the top. So as you're looking for a boot, you know, think about what your areas are. Are they going to use this in rain and snow? Are you going to get a rain boot and a snow boot? And believe it or not, you can use cheap boots if you have really good quality socks. For adults, I have found it makes a huge difference for me. I usually get like a $25 um, lined boot. I like the kind that have the rubber on the foot part and then just the cloth material at the top and then the cinch strap. And I would find though that they were sore on my feet and my feet kind of got uncomfortable in them, even with good socks. 
And so I started taking an insert and it's just a, a $20, $30 insert that I get on Amazon and I put it in on the bottom. And then with my socks, it's like, these are as comfortable as my gym shoes. And so that has been great for me. So I think that kind of basically covers what you need to do with looking for good clothing. Meryl or Julie, do you have any comments or any questions on that? I feel so I, I'm being so educated right now. I'm learning so much because a lot of things you mentioned, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought of that. But it's true, the layers do work. And, um, and when you start talking about how you, it's, you need to have good quality socks on with I mean, this, and you don't have to spend a, an enormous amount of money on boots. That was really eye opening to me. And know too that particularly if it's not raining or snowing and the kids start out with their winter coat on but then they start running around and they get hot it's really great for them to be able to take that coat off and just have their base layer and their sweatshirt on because mm -hmm. that's warm enough for them when they're running around mm -hmm. definitely that top layer that that is like the waterproof and the windproof definitely does make a huge huge difference in the forest school that I was at everyone like we 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 weren't specific about what kind of coat they needed to wear or like the layers underneath but we were we were pretty specific about the top layer we had our children wear these rain suits that were waterproof and windproof and if they were to ever um, get too hot we would make sure we would take like at least a coat off, but let them keep, have them keep their layers on and then put the rain suit back on because it just makes such a huge difference. No, those are, those are really, really good ideas. As you talk about three layers of clothing though, immediately in my mom brain, I start thinking that's going to take me three hours to put on them. So what are some tips on streamlining this process a little bit so that you can actually get the kids out the door before it has stopped snowing. All right. Like all things with parenting, kids have to be taught. And, you know, sometimes we think our kids should just know what to do. You know, we tell them, go get your clothes on to go outside. Well, they're like, what does that mean? We have to teach them. And unfortunately, teaching them takes time. So it's like sharpening the saw. You know, we've all heard that analogy of if you just grab the saw and you go out and you start cutting, sawing down the tree. Well, you may get to the tree first and you may look like you're ahead, but the guy that goes and spends an hour sharpening his saw and gets it really, really fine, a really fine blade on it, he's going to get through that tree a lot faster than you are. So you have to take the time to teach your children what you expect and what that means. And that's a lot of, in fact, Meryl made a great play video of teaching her children what to do with their snow things when they came out. So you need to think about the process. What do they need as a thin layer? Teach your children a base layer. Have each of them maybe go into their closet and pull out a base layer for you or two base layers. So they have options and then go put them back in their closet. Then talk about, well, what's the middle layer that you could wear? Have them go and get their middle layer and bring it out. Maybe two different options and then teach them about their final layer. Now, obviously their outside final layer, that's probably gonna be in a different place than their base layer and their middle layer. And you also have to take the time to teach your children how to put their own clothes on. Usually three-year-olds, three to four-year-olds, they can be taught to completely dress themselves. Now it takes time and it takes practice. So you may have to set up some things where you, you know, say, let's see 
if you can get your um, pants and shirt on in five minutes today. And if you can do that, we will go read a book and do it right before story time when you were going to read them a book anyway and see if they can do it and keep coaching them until they can get it done faster and faster and faster. And then obviously once you've taught them how to get their stuff on, because the more that they can do by themselves, then the shorter the time is for you. When you are going outside, make sure you have set the expectation that this is what we're going to do. We need to do it quickly, you know, get on their level, communicate your expectations to them because if they don't know what your expectations are, there's no way they can perform. You also can get a box or a bin where you keep all their outer layers of clothing and teach them that they only go into this box or bin once they're dry. Now I know that, um, you know, different homes have different spaces. If you have a place like a locker where you can keep all their stuff in a mudroom, great. If you just have a little tiny entry closet, if you want to get bins for each child and label them, that's great. You can have a, you can have each child have a bin. You can have like bins for boots or gloves or something like that. Um, and if you don't have space for those in your laundry room or somewhere, you could keep them in the garage. Just one note bring them inside, take the lids off or open up the boxes about an hour or two before you want to go outside. So the clothing's warm, because if you're putting on cold clothing, it takes a lot longer to, for it to get warm for your children. Meryl, you are a great mom and you are really organized. So at, what could you add to what I've suggested here? Well, those are, I, those are all really good tips. And I think every mom feels like they need more organization in their life. But I have found that first thinking through where things sh should go does make a big difference. And if you, if the, and then taking time to teach the kids where they are, because again, if they don't know where they are and you don't really know where they go, then nobody can get ready quickly. Um, I think also having a realistic expectation for yourself that it is going to take some time to get everyone ready. But if you just plan it, then you're not rushing and panicked because it's taking so long. You're, you already knew it was going to take that long. And so you're right on schedule. Um, and so, yeah, all of those things. And then um, you can use, again, some of the play tips that we've talked about. Um, the video that we have linked talks about playing to help kids know what to do with their wet clothes after but you can also play about getting dressed you could have a doll ask them you know how what kind of things do you wear underneath what's what's a good what's good clothes to wear when you're gonna go sledding what show me what you would wear how fast can you put it on so you can have i mean they respond so much better if if a toy or a puppet asks them to do something than if you do and so you can play through it you can help them practice to know what to do and then just uh just leave it to them, give them time to, to do it. Because if, if they're feeling pressure from you in the moment, then everybody starts to feel uptight. Okay, so a, a follow-up question is we're talking about time. So say that it does take you a half hour to get out the door and you really only have then about a half hour to play outside. Is it worth it just for that half hour? I think it's worth it. Um, there's a lot of benefits that come from playing outside, no matter how uh, short or long the session is. Like going back to like what I said about getting vitamin D, even as little as 15 minutes can make a huge difference in their moods. So 
30 minutes is a great amount of time to play outside. And you need to keep your children busy. And if it takes them 30 minutes to get ready, 30 minutes outside, and then 30 minutes to clean up, hey, that's an hour and a half in the day that you have kept them productively busy. Because even putting their clothes on is helping them with their fine motor skills. They go outside, they get the vitamin D, and then they're having to think through and problem solve even with getting dressed. And so you've you've kept them busy for an hour and a half, and that's a great hour and a half. Yep, that's a really good point. Great. Um, What about if you have a child that does not like to go outside? They don't want to be in the cold. They don't want to be wet. What can you do to help them enjoy being outside? I think when it comes to outside in general, no matter what the weather is, I think it's important that children are going out to places that they're familiar with. So if it's their backyard or a park you go to sometimes, um, a familiar place um, can help them feel a little bit more comfortable. And don't do like this whole long session outside. Just do it in like little increments of time until and then they can start getting more comfortable and used to the idea of being outside. And then for the cold, um, I mean, sometimes children don't like to get bundled up all the time, but I think it's important that you have those discussions with the child and how you need, how their bodies need to be, need to stay warm and how they need to listen to their bodies and take care of their bodies when they're outside. Sometimes too, you need to make games for outside. For example, if you have a child that's really resistant to going outside and it's not pouring rain and it's not overall snowing, you could, rather than bundle them up in tons and tons of layers, you could have them put their boots on and their coat on and their gloves on and say, okay, you need to go outside and find a leaf. And then you have them come back and you said, okay, I need you to go outside and find a stick. And then just kind of keep thinking of some random things they could go outside and find. So you keep them out there, you keep them coming in and out. So they're running outside, they're getting in the sun. And then when they get back with all their things, put out a piece of cardboard, give them a glue gun if they're old enough to use it and have them make a nature picture. See what they could put together with those objects that they found or have them go outside and um, tell them to go find, find something to tell. They say, go outside and I want you to spy this and come and tell, tell me it or say, okay, uh, just, you know, or go outside with them and make it a game. You can walk, take a little walk around your block and like play I spy. And so that you take their their mind off of it so they just don't go outside and sit there you can also you can let them take some of their favorite toys outside some of their cars and trucks that wouldn't get ruined by playing in the snow and those become great objects to manipulate in the snow and you know fill the dump truck up with the snow so that they have things that they can do outside those are those are all great ideas just um a couple days ago uh my son needed to go outside I could tell and he, he didn't really want to go outside and so I asked him to go outside and collect some pine cones that we could use to make four calling birds for some 12 days of Christmas deliveries and he went out for an hour and a half and then he brought me back the pine cones so I think that's that can be a really good sometimes just getting them out and getting them started in something and then they they take off on their own what about um, if your child is out there running around playing and they decide they're hot and they want to take off their coat? I know in school, my kids always come home complaining that the teachers make them keep their jackets on. How important is that? Can you just go with what your child feels like or do you need to insert some adult common sense? I know for me, and I think this is something that we did in forest school too, is that 
it's really important that we listen to our bodies. And if there's, it's telling us that we're too warm, then I, I think it's okay to shed some layers. Um, and I know I, when I play heavily out in the snow, I get warm sometimes and I take off my coat. I just make sure I leave my gloves and hat on. Um, and then my boots. Um, but I mean, I mean, like we talked about before, if you have a layer that is water resistant and uh, blocks wind, then I think that I, th I think that's important to keep on, especially if because it's light. But if you have a coat on underneath, I think it's I don't think it's a bad idea to take it off. And I think you can go with with what your children, what your child feels is right for them, because they do need to take responsibility for their own body. I mean, obviously, when they're an adult, they're going to be making their own decisions. Sometimes we might say, yeah, OK, or would it be better to take your coat off than take your sweatshirt off and put your coat back on? Or, you know, but if they're just out running around and it's not raining and it's not snowy, maybe taking their coat off and just having their sweatshirt on is what they need because they're probably being a lot more active than you are and exerting a lot more energy. So I think it's great to teach them to listen to their bodies. And if they take it off and then they get cold, well, they can put their coat back on. Or if you need to come in and they've already been outside for 15 minutes, that's a great hands-on real-life learning experience. Yeah, that's always kind of been my take on it, too. Uh, I figure, too, it's it's one less battle to fight. If they want to take their coat off, take your coat off. Just remember where you put it. So if you get cold, you can put it back on. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe kind of my last question is in in Open Little Doors, we emphasize that it's important to spend some time playing with your children. Is that the same with playing outside, or can you just send them out on their own? I don't think it's a bad idea to send them out on their own. I think it depends on the area you're into. I know I know. I talk about being in forest school, but that's just the most exposure I have with children outside. And me and the teachers, we would start out playing with them, but we would gradually uh, stand back and then we would, and then eventually the children just all start playing together. And they don't even notice us teachers, but of course us teachers, we would watch them to make sure that they're safe. and. I found that they have a lot more interactive playing experience when the adult isn't there. Now, it doesn't mean that the adult should never be there. I think it's important that we also are um, making a presence in their play, offering play suggestions, and we can enhance the play experience. But if they're with other children or their siblings or whatever, that they can also have very meaningful play experiences with their peers. Yeah, and you know, we, we talk about 10 minutes of fun, so we could go outside and have 10 minutes of fun with the children, but then go back inside and say, you know, I have 10 minutes, and then afterwards they could come in with you or they could stay outside. It's it's a balanced thing, like all things are in life. It's great. Your children love your attention, and the more attention you can give your child, the more you can play with them, usually the better behaved they are at the same time. It's very important that they develop skills to play independently because um, that's what we want. We want to raise very intelligent, capable, independent children, adults. That's what, that's what our goal is. So I think that there's a balance. Definitely. Yeah, that, that definitely re rings true to me too. And I know I find that there are times where I really enjoy being outside with my kids and and I feel a really good connection with them, just walking in the snow or even in the rain. And then there are times where I go out with them and there's friends. And it's just very obvious that 
it's fine for me to back up because they're having a blast on their own and that is what they need. So that, that all makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you for answering my questions. You both have such good information and insights and I have found as I played outside more that it has been a real uplift for me and for my children and that they are happier when they get outside. Everybody is just more even kill and content. So thank you so much. And Julie, I'll turn it back over to you. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed answering your questions and Mindy, I'm sure you enjoyed answering her questions too, right? So, so coming to this close, um, I want to first mention that we, I know Meryl and Mindy uh, had made mention about a video that Meryl did with her kids. You can, uh, we have that video linked in the show notes that you can go check it out. It is a fabulous video. Um, and it talks about how to get ready to go outside the play. And then when they're coming back inside the, the play from outside in the cold, and it is just wonderful. So go check that out. We'll also link some resources and maybe some other clothing that we find that are really good quality that you can check out. And as always, if you have any questions about anything we've talked about, please email us. We would love to help you out. Our email is play at openlittledoors.com. And then um, if you can, if you really like this episode, and if you liked any other episodes you listened to, please leave a review and share with your friends. That's how we build our podcast. And we will see you next week. Take care. Play, storytelling, and imagination are very powerful parenting and child development tools. And if you want to know more ideas on how you can incorporate these tools, you can visit our website at www.openlittledoors.com and sign up for our Wednesday Wisdom emails and also check out our Play Together program. We can't wait to hear from you. Come play with us.